Hey, hey, hey. Ja. Justin Goodman posted a Jordan video. Goodman posted I'm a video sorry, Jordan Goodman just posted a video <laughs> in chocolate sauce. Correct. So we can actually, if we need to just make sure it's working, we can see it here. Uh, hmm. Cool. Yeah. Right, Got like it. Cool. Hello. <coughs> hey, guys. There's five people tuning in so far. That's cool. All right. Well, uh, hello and welcome to Chocolate Croissants, episode 11. How is everyone doing? Justin and Jordan, good? Pretty good, pretty good. I like this commute. I like being here. We're in a new location this week. We are at Jordan's Place, which is in downtown Baltimore in an area called Remington. And I was commenting that he has the sickest apartment in the whole building because it's a corner, it's on the top floor, and the corner has just windows all around it, and you can see, like, a really nice view of Baltimore City. It's nice. Thanks, man. I like it here a lot. Yeah, it's really legit. When you come off the exit to get to where Jordan is, which is right behind me, you can generally see Jordan walking around outside this window, nude. You know, it's good. Well, so... For those who are from Baltimore and have been downtown, he lives close to our house, like the letter R house, which is a, hopefully you don't mind that I'm sharing that. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> now that you're like describing just, the actual yeah, unit. Just explain where he lives across from what, yeah, so what he, he building li- number. He lives near this place called R house, but you can like see the patio of this, of this place, which is like a series of restaurants. And he was saying that he likes to stand there and just kind of stare at people. And I was asking him if he likes to pull out his dick and, like, wiggle it at He people. holds his wiener and pushes it up against uh, the glass, obviously, so that the people, because there are classes going on. When the dude tried to sell it to Jordan, he was like, oh, you can see the, the yoga class happening at the same time. It's yeah, like, he was saying, like, binoculars would come with the rent. Oh, that's Like, funny. how shady is that? But it, That is shady. But, you know, that's actually not what I asked you. I asked you if you spread your asshole and show people oh, that true. from up top. But I know the answer to that. So would you consider this downtown Baltimore? It's Yeah, it's downtown. It's in the city. When does, but where does, but the whole city isn't downtown unless I mean, it, it's relative to the county. It's downtown from where I live in the county. But it's not the downtown city center like, what I would consider to be like when you get off President Street on 83 South and you hit like, that part of the city, like the gateway into like the city. Inner That's like the official downtown. But this, again, is downtown from me and where I live. This is heading downtown. I think that's you put it correctly the first with that. It's okay. all relative. But yeah, I definitely, I don't consider this downtown. When I, co- when I started to come, this is only three exits down of what would take you into the actual city. I expect, you know, for me, it's when I take that road all the way down into the harbor. But no, I don't, I, I don't spread my butt. Good. I don't. I know. That's, I mean, I, I knew the answer to that question. I know you don't spread your butt. But it's still like I wanted to visualize you doing that because I think it would be hilarious if somebody saw you doing that. It'd be like indecent, but it'd be funny. I'd rather have the option to do it, and that's why I live in this unit. Um, but no, maybe I'll cash those chips in like on move out day. Yeah, like right, like the day you leave. Exactly. Just be like, peace out. Move out. And then peace out our house, and then just like (laughs) spread your butthole. If you're gonna do that, you should just like press bare ass against the the window and like try to push one out. 
because that would look awesome. I actually think these windows are more, they're better suited for you to start promoting things. Like, instead of buying a billboard downtown, why don't you just start to use your windows as, hey, guys, check out uh, the New Japan match between uh, the cleaner and and the other cleaner. Okada. Or, like, why not get a huge banner that says Beat the Chocolate well. Croissants podcast right, that and, and hang it out the window attached to this. But I'm sure the, the owners of this or, like, the management would not approve of that. The property managers aren't going to like that, are they? I don't know. I think they, they've taken a liking to me. That would, I mean, that's actually not a bad idea if you think about it, to like roll out this huge print. Yeah, keep banner. it inside. Keep it inside. You and you can switch. Inside. Like, you could get one that's like weatherproof that you tie from the inside somehow, but hang it across your whole windows here, different parts of the day when like there's tons of traffic coming this way because there, there is a ton of traffic. Right. I mean, people might check out the podcast. You could change way. them every couple hours depending on what you feel like promoting. Well, if Kevin the drummer wants to come do that, then he can be my guest. Why Kevin the drummer? He's, he doesn't know how to do that. He'll fall and die. And I know how to do that? I don't even know how to clean these windows. Like, I honestly, mean, when a bird shits behind me, like, no one ever cleans it, so what do I do? You wait for the rain. No, they should have guys that, or girls, I don't want to be sexist here, that would repel themselves from the top. It's like the window cleaners. You've never seen the window cleaners that are peering in while you're rubbing your butthole up against the window? Not I don't think you guys have that here. I don't do think so. We get a lot of... Well, someone's got to clean them from the outside. That would be ridiculous to not have anything. I don't know, man. I haven't seen... Four o'clock in the morning while you're sleeping, there's this little guy who's just coming across. What is this, like Squee Santa Claus? He's squeegeeing. Yeah, the window. I don't know. I mean, it's possible that they hire someone to A do it, but crew. at the same time, your windows probably do get cleaned off by the weather. I'd assume. Yeah. I'd assume. You ever get into the dead weather? No. What do you think of Jack White as a drummer? Do you know anything about him as a drummer? I don't know anything about him as a drummer, but I know that Jack White is a you know, very, very prolific songwriter. And I know that his fan club is epic as fuck and that he puts out a ton of vinyl and very special limited edition vinyls and that there's a ton of people that have that have bought into it and it's pretty cool i mean it's a really great way to share a passion with your audience who also connects the same way that's what i know about jack white i know he's got a very successful fan page or, or a fan club as an entrepreneur in music uh he's probably my favorite uh just the attention to detail and to your point the value he provides to his audience he is also one of my favorite drummers in the world that's cool. I, I mean, I don't know him as a drummer. I just know Meg. Okay. What do you think of her? She does the trick. I mean, she can play shows and hold it down in front of thousands and thousands and thousands of people. That says a lot. So a lot of people would talk shit on her saying, like, the parts she plays aren't good or her timing isn't good. The reason why I love a drummer like that is because no matter how many lessons you ever take, no one in the world is going to be able to play with the same type of feel um, and expression as that one person. Yeah. I mean, she plays the songs. That's what it's about. That's what every drummer should do, or every musician, period. Whatever instrument you play, if you're playing in a band, you should be playing the songs. It's not about you and your technique and how cool you look and what cool parts you write. It's about the song. 
I happen to be in a band where like it's way more technical, and the shit we write requires it to be, you know, more technical. But I would absolutely always try to cater my performance to the music that I'm playing, no matter what the gig is, no matter what my skill level is. And I think that's what the best musicians out there do: the best session guys, the best, the best drummers. Like, it's just that's that's the way to go. So yes, in in this regard, I mean. Mig's great for that band, you know? It's like Lars Ulrich. Lars is the perfect drummer for Metallica. I don't know any other drummer who could ever replace him. And I'm not saying that other drummers couldn't play it, but they definitely couldn't play it like, he, like him. That's my point. That's my point, because I've seen Jack White solo, and they'll play White Stripes songs, but it's now a different drummer's interpretation of it. And I guess my larger point was why I love someone like Meg White so much is because without her, it wouldn't be the White Stripes. I think it's kind of hard to bring up anyone else in comparison to someone like Meg just because of the way she plays the drums in such a non-traditional way. It's not like she sits there and keeps really good time it's, or even keeps a pulse going. A lot of times, it's just feeling out wherever the hit should be, and she goes for it. And who knows if she could really play, because to bring in like Lars, Lars is great for Metallica as uh, Chad Sexton is great for 311 or Chad Smith is great for Red Hot Chili Peppers or someone is great for their band. And you're like, man, I could never see someone replacing that guy in that band. But Meg is so different in that her way of drumming, I don't, I can't think of any drummer that would play so differently from the traditional sense of actually keeping, you know, like keeping a hat going, like on the hi-hats, keeping four going, or keeping something on a cymbal, a ride cymbal, it, it just rarely happens. And for me, um, I never got super into the White Stripes, and I don't know if it was because of that, even though I loved Jack, but then when the Raconteurs came out, that was, for me, huge. And when Deadweather came out, I like each of the members in the band individually, but I didn't necessarily love the band, even though I know Jordan... Jordan was all about it. And I was still, I, I guess I could still go back and try to figure out what I was missing. But did you ever think about or did you ever check out all of the projects that each of those members, and Matt, Matt you know about each individual member of the Deadweather and all their other projects that they do? Mm -mm. Like the bass player, Little Jack Lawrence, he was in the Greenhorns, is that right? With Patrick Keeler, who's the drummer. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Um, it's like a huge circle. And to me, I think that's a really cool circle of musicians vibing off each other, making similar music, a lot of it being released on Third Man Records, which is Jack's label, mm -hmm. um, which I definitely try to seek for. There are a lot of random in those packages that they would put out if you join his, um, what is that, the, uh, the Vault Collection? Right, the, that's what I was talking about. It's incredible, yeah. yeah. And I definitely was trying to find certain pieces. It's so expensive to buy some of those pieces. On, it's just, I mean, ridiculous. Um, but yeah, he was in his own band, and then he played with City and Color, the Alexis on Fire dude, and he was in the Raconteurs, which, I mean, it's like insane. And then you look at the um, Dean Fertitta, you know Dean from mm -hmm. Queens of the Stone Age? and. Mm -hmm. um, I think Jack, he played with Jack White's solo project, and he was playing guitar and keyboards, and it's like, whoa, this is really incredible, the diverse catalog you can come up with, with each member just kind of playing within their own little circle. Yeah. That's pretty badass. But I bet you they're all playing for the song, right? Oh, for sure, yeah. It seems that way. Does Meg White 
write the music with Jack? Like, do, do they do they talk about their split in terms of how the publishing goes or how the songwriting goes? I have no idea. I mean, I do know that Jack White is probably one of the more, I don't know if controlling is the right word, but he has a very singular vision, it seems, for most of the projects he does. And he's one of the most impressive performers I've seen live when I've seen him with his solo band who has maybe six other musicians. I mean, he's calling stuff on the fly. So, And what I like about that is he's very present with the audience that he's with. So I see him calling out songs, which says that they're not stuck to a specific set list. He's calling out whether to an extend maybe a jam at some certain part or to kind of end um, or accent in certain places. And what I love about him, it's almost like he's like a painter who's just up there with you know his easel painting live for the audience um, and just not knowing <clears throat> exactly what's going to come out but really trusting in the process and taking information um, from all around him to help influence the choices he makes. But he that, still plays songs. Yes, they, they play I mean, songs. But they he, play set song, like songs he, that are written a certain way. But he, but he talks about having the artistic freedom to do what he to to kind of go wherever the song wants to go when he feels it, and he can vibe off his musicians. And it's crazy to watch him. Even just look at, I remember his rhythm section was on like the left, so stage right. And he could look at the drummer and bass player and say like, here's where we're going. And then he could cue whoever, I feel like there was one who was more the musical director and he could kind of cue one of them like, hey, the next song is fill in the blank. And then he could kind of tell one who could kind of just pass the word along in like a secret game and let them know this is what's coming. But I remember listening to him and this takes a whole different set of balls to be able to do this. Him talking about making things a bit more difficult for him on stage. Like if I move the organ a couple inches or, or a couple feet this way, then I'm gonna have to try really hard to put my guitar down and get right to the organ and get right back. Because if I fuck up, that's on me. And I think I, I, he talked about with the White Stripes in particular, that he started that whole idea of let's not have a set list. Let's just go on the fly, which is different from something that we just did where we just did some pre-production for this, for the show. Because we realize sometimes that if we do go, if we try to free flow a bit like he does in his show, it doesn't always go off without a hitch. And I think he's more okay with that, whereas we wanted it to be a little more polished when it came to it. Yeah, it's a different form, but I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. It's very tough to assume the responsibility of saying, hey, I'm the band leader and you can all hang on me. I, we, I got this, AKA we got this. And so I'm gonna say this band or the, the, this crowd's waiting for something, you better give it to them. If we hit a snafu somewhere in the middle of this and we all go blank, we have nothing to talk about, that's so much dead space. But then think of it, if we had 10,000 people in front of us, a huge crowd that's cheering for you and we can't think of what to hit them with next, that's a big, big issue. What'd you guys think of episode 10? Uh, I didn't like it at all. Did you listen back to it? No. What did you not like about it? I didn't like the way I felt when we were broadcasting, when we were recording it. So you want to talk about the conversation we had right after we finished recording? Yeah. I wrote down on a piece of paper that this episode is dog shit, and I showed it to you. And I felt... Annoyed for multiple reasons. One of which I was annoyed right before we started tonight, which I'm happy to talk about. Uh, talk about all the points. Well, 
I brought it up initially. I brought it up in the podcast last week, but there was there was comments about my distraction level, right? Saying that I was looking at my computer and I was doing fiddling around and didn't look like I was looking at you and paying attention, and I resented that, and I also resented the way that it was presented to me, because the way that you presented it to me was people said this. And then when I dug deeper, it wasn't people. It was, f- to my knowledge, a specific person. And, that, and then you might have agreed with it. Right. But I didn't like the fact that it wasn't direct. Like, just straight up. This is the person who said it. I agree. And what do you think? And I felt I, felt I just didn't like that. And then even today, when we were talking about having the computer open, um, it was like, yeah, but you get distracted. And it's like, no. And I'll clear it up now. Again, not distracted by things outside of the podcast. I'm not on my laptop surfing for porn. I'm not on my phone talking to my band members or girls or anything like that. I'm in these instances that we've been discussing. I I I talked about three or four different things that came up in the past bunch of weeks that took me my my focus at least from my eyes onto other things like my phone or my computer. Last week and the week before that, I was sharing, and it takes time because you have to write posts to share it. I can't just share this podcast live stream on the periphery page without writing, this is Matt's podcast. It is going live. But I can't do that really at the beginning and just have everybody watching wait for us to get started. And I was doing that on multiple pages. So the distraction thing was me posting this podcast on other pages trying to build the audience. That's one thing. Kevin, the drummer, showed up last week, and I had to keep an eye on my phone because he was texting me to let us know when he's at the back door so he doesn't knock and make the dogs bark and wake everybody up in the house, right? So that's another one. Point is, it was things like that. It's, there's, we don't have an admin person. We don't have somebody here that's sort of moderating aside from us so that we can focus on this. We're doing it ourselves. And as of the past bunch of weeks and the past podcast, that's been essentially my role. We all have our roles. You've you guys have been streaming it from your phones. We, you've been setting it up and recording on your computer. I've been focused on getting it out there, looking at comments, looking at questions from the listeners, and, and, and responding. Now, it doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong. And, it, and, and I appreciate the fact that everybody mentioned this, but I can't not get annoyed by it when the point wasn't taken last week. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the point, hopefully, is taken now by what I'm saying that and let's go a little bit deeper into this because the other thing that I was annoyed about last week, the podcast, was that I didn't feel like there was any kind of clear direction. And it's not about me by any means, but I did have some things that I wanted to bring up that I had talked about prior with Justin specifically, and we never got to those topics. That's fine. We don't, have, we don't need to get to every topic that each of us individually want to discuss. But I felt like we didn't really get to any topics that in the moment I felt offered a sincere amount of value to the listeners. Now, real quick, I'll let you, you guys can talk, but let me just finish my rant, okay? Um, And the reason that I was frustrated about it is because it was, there was a lot of of elements to it that were loose. So 
you had been going all day. We were podcasting at like 10.30 at night or something, and you were tired, which is totally understandable from your day. We probably shouldn't have scheduled it for that time. That's on all of us. That's not just your fault, right? So we all, I take just as much responsibility for agreeing and trying to make it work then as well. I also take responsibility for not fully communicating to you, Jordan, the importance of what I was discussing with Justin prior to the podcast so that we can maybe hit that topic, right? So I take responsibility for not making a point or writing it down myself. Because as I said, we're all at fault. I didn't make a list just like you guys didn't make a list. So I'm not blaming anybody. It's all of us. And I was frustrated at our whole dynamic. Because at the same time that I wanted to provide value in the podcast, all week... Me and Justin specifically, and you and, and you and me, Jordan, have been talking about, and I'm sure you guys have been talking too, we've been talking about other ways to branch this podcast out. So we've been talking about different things that we can offer people, right? I don't know if you want to bring it up specifically, but, you know, sure. we're talking about a journal, right? Creating a journal that could help our, our listeners with exercises that we've talked about on the podcast. We're talking about starting essentially a lifestyle brand that stems from the podcast, but that creates merchandise or different items of sorts that can connect people to the podcast further, but also provide some of the information in a different way, you know, like t-shirts that essentially come from, or that, or that have motivational thoughts to them or, or things like that, right? And <clears throat> I spent a lot of time last week researching cloth that we could use. I spent a lot of time looking at, at or, and, and designing logos. Like I have logos in this book right here that me and Justin got together and worked on, right? So, like, you can see some of these. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if anybody can see, but... I think we can. Um, I spent a lot of time working on that, not in the podcast. So when I get told things like, you're distracted, or we don't take it seriously on Saturday night at 10.30 and make a clear list and a concise list and acknowledge that we're tired and we should probably keep this short because we just want to hit these main topics and boom, 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 get it done, it's just sloppy, and I don't like to do things sloppily. I just don't. It's, it, and maybe that's a snobby thing to say, but it rubbed me the wrong way last week, and it resulted in a good conversation. But again, why I'm frustrated about the one topic is because, again, I'm doing a lot outside of this to get things going for these other ancillary pieces of the podcast, and it just feels like a slap in the face to be told I'm not paying attention. Right, so I'm sure you guys can understand that. When in my mind, I am paying attention. I'm absolutely putting the time in, you know. So we can talk about uh, the the conversation we had further too. But yeah, please respond. Yeah, I wanted to say to that point of the not paying attention. I think part of what happened was when I first brought it up to you, I was trying to make it a light topic when maybe it needed to be addressed in a more responsible manner. When I brought it to you, I was trying to bring levity to something that I felt like was kind of funny when it was brought to me, specifically from the person who brought it to me, um, in a way that, hey, I love the content, everything's going great. However, Matt's always in the laptop and he doesn't look at Jordan. What I had to explain was that I think part of that is just the comfort of Matt before tonight was sitting in the middle of Jordan and I, and I think he maybe shifted, you, maybe you shift your weight slightly to the left, or that it was just easier in your sight line to look at me than to always be turning your neck back and forth to try to give FaceTime to each of us. Um, I yeah, actually my microphone was on my right, and you're on my right. So exactly, I was leaning. exactly. And just to say, I've never once really noticed it or cared. 
Yeah, it was just, for me, it was something funny that came up. And then I think what happened was that the issue got compounded by us and maybe in a light way bringing it to you where then you felt like maybe you were being attacked for it because it was three different instances where it brought up where we should have communicated more clearly once, had an open discussion about it. Again, communication just being key to any relationship and then us be able to nip this in the bud and move on. And I think a lot of that just comes back to this is still very new for all of us. We've all been friends or friendly for years, but it's still a, a much more recent thing where we hang out a lot more and communicate more and go deep into a lot of different subjects and topics with one another. And I think it's still just part of the learning process of how to communicate to one another. And I think we learned a lot about each other, or at least I feel like I learned a lot and Jordan learned a lot about Matt the other night in what happened with the podcast. Because for me, I don't think every single podcast has to be super serious. We have to add tons and tons and tons of value every single time. I think sometimes you might do one that's a little more on the loose side. We started today, I felt like started a little loose. And then it got into the topics that we actually wrote down in, in the pre-show portion that we wanted to discuss. Um, Jordan? No, I think there's a difference of what we're loose about. So it's one thing to be more loose in the structure, maybe, of what we're talking about. What I communicated to Justin yesterday, the day before, was that I thought he and I took too many uh, liberties as far as just jumping in and making some reference or joke, which to me, once I listened back, and I actually really liked the episode once I listened back, but I started to get a bit annoyed at myself and Justin for not letting some of the things breathe. And it felt a bit like uh, what we had done prior to episode one. Um, so we did have conversations about that, and um, at least Matt, you were able to communicate a certain tone that you were going more towards. Um, now, I will say, do you think, so So for one, I'll take responsibility for that, and, and I think Justin and I were in the same boat for that. Um, and I know with different personalities, I could see that starting to bug you and for that to be annoying. I also understand that uh, because of the attention that you, Matt, bring to this, you may, uh, feel more of a responsibility within yourself to present a certain way. Um, I think at times, um, I, I think we can really have a, a conversation about like what that certainly is, because at some point you said, just fuck it, let's just release it in the sense of like, instead of censoring ourselves. Um, so I don't know if that was you just maybe throwing your hands up and saying like, I don't care at this point, or you realizing maybe I was like judging everything a bit too harshly. It's more so that I wanted to be able to have this follow-up. Okay. I wanted to put it out there, and it's good. I'd like to know, because I'm not going to listen to it, I would like to know the key points you took away from the podcast that were positive. Mm -hmm. I think you stated some things that were negative. But to me, it just left a bad taste in my mouth that I wanted to address this week because I think having this conversation honestly in and of itself provides value to show that we can talk open and honestly. And, you know, here's my biggest thing. 
And and here's maybe uh, maybe I didn't express this to you, but I don't like when people try to make things light or walk on eggshells. Just say it, whatever it is. I don't care. Just say it. You know, if like I'm dating somebody and you want to break up with me, don't give me a bunch of bullshit. Just say it. Just be like, this isn't working. I'm out. Here's the reasons why. Bye bye. Like, I don't want anything else. And and I think that annoyed me more than the specific comments because I can defend myself in that regard. And I think I was just kind of like, are you serious? Like the closeness that you and I have and the the amount of time we spend together, just say it. So so and, and look, from the other side, I appreciate that you didn't think it was a big deal, which means you have faith in me and you respect you respect you know you respect my position and when that was said to you you were I think in some ways you took to my defense which I appreciate and it wasn't something that you expected that I would even get upset about the problem is this stems from you know like everything else with everybody it stems from previous things in my life previous relationships previous conversations where there's been just bullshit like you know, whether it's people masking what they really want to say and sweeping it under the rug because they just don't want to deal with bringing it up and having the conversation, or whether it's, in other cases, people going and talking shit to others because they don't have the balls at the time to say it straight up, or sugarcoating it. And I've spent a lot of time working on those relationships with other people to, to not sugarcoat it, to not sweep it under the rug, and to not talk shit. When there's something that's going on, I want to be addressed directly and immediately, or at least, as we've discussed before, asked, hey, when's a good time to talk because I have something to say and it's going to be clear and I want to make sure that you're ready to hear it. I prefer that, right? Right. So I, I, hear, I think you bring up uh, something valuable in that our prior experiences help inform not only the way that we communicate, but maybe the ways that we may get triggered in communication with other people. And I can speak for myself, um, but Justin and I are brothers, so clearly we were raised in very similar ways. I know it's newer for me to be more direct um, and to not make light of things because there is some sort of like emotional risk or vulnerability in sharing your truth. So at least uh, I know for me it wasn't always intuitive to be very direct. Um, in many cases, I'd be silent at and, and just stuff my own resentment, or, or resentment would be created, and I would just stuff my own resentment or anger um, or displeasure with someone else because I was afraid of the blowback if I shared my truth. Um, now, it's always our own responsibility to become self-aware of those things that help shape our experience um, and to take ownership for it and to ultimately be committed to ourselves for greater communication which I think right now we're in the process of doing that. This feels to me very open, it feels very raw, and I have this feeling of I'm not quite sure what's gonna happen next. And I think in years past, that would have been very scary to me. Go ahead. Yeah, in response to, to both. Uh, fortunately, I never felt the same way that Jordan felt and my experiences, which we experienced a lot of the same stuff growing up, obviously same parents, living in the same house, but then sharing a lot of similar interests, we could have been shaped or molded 
very similarly, but I never felt that way that if I did express myself to whomever that they're not going to love me or they will leave or they or the blowback would be so harsh. I was generally pretty good at communicating. Now, in terms of what happened, and to be fair, it was my mom, Jordan and I, it was our mom, Randy, who said this thing. And because of considering the source, it was actually pretty funny when she said it. And I was like, I know what you're saying. I, I, and I, I explained to her, one, about not looking at Jordan, but two, the other part that was the bigger part of, I think, the, the issue of Matt looking at the laptop, being distracted, potentially. I, in my head, made maybe assumptions of justifications for why you would be doing certain things because of how busy you really are. And when I brought it up, I read the situation incorrectly in thinking that I could bring it up in a joking, light kind of manner. But I realize now that the blowback is, even if it's brought to you in your attention in a way that is kind of comical, it's not going to go over very well. Whereas you'd rather just have, let's be super serious for, or, or serious for a second, have us say what it is. And if I am feeling a certain way, like, hey, I think that you may be doing other things, just asking you straight up, are you doing other stuff? Do you feel distracted? And that would be a much better approach to it. So I can take full responsibility in saying that I approached the situation wrong, but I'm very glad that we did have this conversation. And this stuff reminds me of when we first started the podcast, that when we did debrief afterwards, I think initially I was listening to all the podcasts. And now Jordan is probably the only one who goes more in depth to listen back so that he can write a description for each of them. I think it is hard and you will, it's, it's almost, it's very easy to judge yourself harshly and those you're very close with if you go back and listen to every single episode. And honestly, I have a lot of other stuff that I like to listen to. And since I'm in the conversation and I'm trying to be very present in that conversation, I don't feel the extreme need to go back and re-listen to the whole thing. So similar to what, what Matt feels. So it is good that at least Jordan or the community can give us feedback. And I was very glad that the feedback for episode 10 was normal, good, um, people enjoyed it. And, and as long as Jordan signs off on it, then I feel okay. But I am glad we released it and we were able to have the debrief once or twice or even three times now, it feels like, which is good. We're just learning and growing and growing our relationships, which is super important. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I appreciate both of you guys accepting your own feelings of responsibility. I, I hope you see that I'm trying to accept mine as well in that I wasn't as prepared as I should have been, just like all of us had our follies in that regard. And it just, again, it, like I think everyone would be better off, everyone, like everyone who's listening to this, everyone in the world would be better off with just direct, straight communication. It's about setting the stage for it first, but then being extremely direct. And I just, I don't respond well when it's not like that. Because, and part of it is because I like to think that in a lot of areas of my life, some more than others, I'm really trying to focus on my self-awareness. Self-awareness, though, becomes illuminated upon when you have close friends around you who are willing to tell you the hard things. Family doesn't always do it. It's 
working relationships where those kind of conversations pop up. It's uh, relationships that involve love where those things pop up. And I think it's creative relationships specifically where those things really pop up because when you have personalities that are strong and you're, you have this perception of who you are and what you're doing, and then you have to deal with other people that have those same kinds of feelings, you might not be on the same page. And you may carry yourself certain ways because of that. Like, just because of that exact reason, which is why I like to figure out who, the, who I'm working with, what their quirks are, what their weaknesses are, what their strengths are, how to communicate with them when something comes up, and how to present this kind of thing in a way that is, at the end of the day, very productive, which we are. And I also felt it was extremely important for us to dive right into this conversation after the podcast last week because of that exact reason. I think that we've had the conversation of like when the right time to talk to each other may be. I th- like, and I feel comfortable enough to be able to just be honest when I'm feeling it with you guys. There's other people where I have to kind of step back and figure out when they want to hear something. So take that as a compliment that I feel comfortable enough with you guys that when I'm really feeling frustrated to say it and let the emotion come out. It doesn't mean I'm angry at you, but it means that I'm fired up about it. And it means I'm fired enough about it to address it right then and there which is what I did today and what I did last week. And that's, that is my personality, and I'm aware of that. And again, if that's a problem for you guys, then tell me, because I don't, I don't, I don't feel like you are the kind of friends that I have to preface things and necessarily set the stage, because usually the things that we would get frustrated about as a group involve all of us working together, so it's always relevant. But if I'm wrong in that case, obviously the door is open to tell me otherwise, and I would appreciate that. So I just want to put that out there too. Sure. So for clarification, if the initial comment wasn't made before we started recording the podcast, would you have been so upset with how the podcast ended up going, or were you already did that already color like your interpretation of whatever was going to happen? That was, I don't even remember when it was said. I feel like we were downstairs setting up when that comment was made. It was before we started recording. But I was actually... Episode 10, last week. Episode 10, yeah. 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 But, I mean, all of us were procrastinating last week. We all were. were. We were sitting out back. We were talking about other things. Jordan, you kept being like, let's go do this. We were like, okay, cool, hold on a second. And we kept trying to talk about other things. We had actually good conversations when we were upstairs out back, but we were procrastinating getting to work. And I think what we figured out was that the thing, it's not that the this part that we were procrastinating, it's the setup. Mm-hmm. We had to go downstairs, we had to make our tea and coffee, we had to plug it in, we had to check the mics, we had to get the camera going. That's all annoying. But what's the solution? The solution is to schedule time to do that prior to a set time to podcast. Now, we didn't really nail that on the head this week, but at I least was here on time. you were... And, but at least we're all aware of it. Mm-hmm. And I was aware of it before you even mentioned it to me right. tonight. I, I only brought it up with you coming around 7.30 only because I know that yes, Matt and I had something scheduled today. Matt had a drum shoot scheduled today earlier in the day. 
I made my plans around Matt and I were supposed to shoot for the four six fitness stuff that we were doing. We were supposed to shoot a lot of videos to, uh, tomorrow, rather. And I was trying to figure out my scheduling, which it's tough to do all this balancing act of, hey, I want to do four different things over the course of two days. I can only fit in so much. I need to find windows for all these things. So I was trying to open up different frames at night of, hey, if we're doing this, then I'll try to do it on the other day and vice versa. And this morning, and this is partly my fault, and I'm going to accept responsibility for that in that I said it'll either be 6.30 or 7.30 when we start the podcast stuff tonight, of which I didn't text until this morning that, hey, it's a go. Let's do 6.30. Jordan was, I guess, assuming that Matt, you had, Matt said that he was going to come here at 7. I made a point, even though whatever was going on in my day, that I was going to get here a couple minutes before 7 because we knew we were setting up, we were, uh, we were staging a whole new podcast set. And it was going to take more time to get everything set up versus walking down to the basement where everything was already ready to go. Um, and in that, I was a bit annoyed and felt that my time was... I'm trying to think of the right way to, to phrase it. Maybe that, I guess I felt like that me showing up and Jordan was already here, obviously, but then Matt coming 30 minutes after the fact, it felt like I was holding some sort of resentment towards Matt for not being here around seven or even like a couple minutes after that. It was 30 minutes later, but it was easy enough to have a direct conversation when Matt got here just to bring it up and get it out of the way and us talk about that moving forward, if we do set a time of, say, 7 o'clock, everyone needs to realize, and we talked about this last week, that 7 o'clock is not, I'm going to make tea and coffee, I'm going to set up the shot, I'm going to get my camera ready, I'm going to do this, this, that, and the other. It's going to be around 7 o'clock, give or take a few minutes. Let's have our game face on. If we need to do pre-production, we do all of that. But let's try to get into it so that we're not uh, wasting time and that we're respecting each other's time because everyone is super busy with this stuff. So for whatever reason, I had in on my calendar, I had 6.30 when we scheduled it last Saturday night. Exactly. That's what we planned on, right? Yeah. There was a point in the week where you said, it's going to be more like 7.30. I need to push back. So when we moved, when you stayed at 7.30, I moved it to 7.30. Right. Today, when you wrote, I can do 6.30. My exact response, so I pulled it up. Mm -hmm. I said, I was planning on 7.30. I'll aim to get there by 7. Right, okay. So which, which, again, which I planned my afternoon and my evening on arriving here at 7.30, set up and figure stuff out, broadcast at 8 o'clock. That was in my mind. That's what I was thinking, and that's what I built my day around. I rushed to try to get here by 7, but because... For two days or whatever it was, I was planning on 7.30. I couldn't make it happen in, on time. Was I in that text of it's now 7.30? I don't rem I don't know. I'm I not mean, sure. I don't think that was communicated to me. Okay. Well, then. So all along, I was assuming 6.30. And also all along, I knew we'd be doing it at my place. And I knew I just kept the whole night open because I wasn't sure how long it would take with us kind of debriefing and doing pre-production. So I didn't really care, to be honest. But now that we're talking about having clear communication and and running this ship that is producing chocolate croissants uh, a bit tighter, um, then just seeing those holes of something like that not being communicated to me, well, then it's worth bringing up. 
I think what happened was yesterday I realized that sessions that I would normally have on Thursday nights was going to have to get pushed with the with knowing that you never know how long it takes to actually film a lot of video footage and we have a lot of stuff to shoot for 46 like t- what feels like 23 individual videos plus the actual workouts plus everything else so that's a full day plus some of shooting. And I knew that, and I I wanted to let that take the precedent of whatever day I was doing and push everything else aside. Now, I'm trying to be responsible and fair to everybody, and that's oftentimes when you have to make executive decisions and realize that, hey, I can't spread myself too thin. I'm going to be, my head is going to be in way too many places when I need to be present for whatever matters the most that day. And I know that this is more of a one-off that'll happen maybe once or twice a month, um, I need to be in the game strong those days. So what I did was yesterday, I called Jordan and let him know what was going on. I talked to Matt, and this was just the day before, um, midday, 2, 3 o'clock, and let you know that it may be shifted an hour if that's okay, but then we still had a lot of logistics to figure out. That's where the ball got dropped, and I think moving forward with whenever you have a group of people whether it's one other person or two other people, which we have in each of these projects, the sooner you can figure out your scheduling and just mark it down and have it stamped, the better. If you need to be flexible within a very small window, within an hour or so, fine. But if you start to really shift things around, that's going to screw everybody up. Well, And, and that's where the issue came out. And, but this is good, though, that we're having this conversation. I think this will just let us all grow from it and learn from it that, if we really want, if you want something to be of grave importance in your week or in that day or in your life of whatever project you're working on, you have to give it fair time and you have to take it serious. And that's what we talked about on Saturday, that if we're going to do chocolate croissant, uh, chocolate croissants on the level that we want to do it on, then we, we can't schedule it for Saturday night super late after everyone's got really busy days and we can't push it off or leave it until the end of the week when it's when it needs to be turned in by Sunday, we need to make better scheduling time so that it becomes more of a of a of responsibility or a focal point in the week. Yeah. And to be fair, I personally assumed that when you told me that I think the conversation went, because I it's not in my computer, it was on my phone, but the conversation went. I may need to push to 7.30. I said, fine, let's just do that. Okay. I, th- I think it was something like that. Like, I said, fine, that's fine. Let's just do that. Sure. I'll plan on that. I assumed that you were having the same conversation with Jordan. I think I did. I think it was a lot of moving pieces, which, which was harder to balance because I was waiting on responses of, where are we doing the shoot? Hey, can we do it here? Wait, maybe we'll do it there. I talked to Jordan. No, we can't do it at his place. So, hey, can we... And then that just becomes way too many moving pieces where you're trying to solve the puzzle and none of the pieces are actually fitting together. Yeah. Way, whole different deal. But we, I think the, the takeaway of this is just to realize that when you have something that's very important that you have to give time to, set the time and shift everything else around around that and then deal with the next thing. So let's be specific, right? Sure. Now. 
assuming we're going to podcast here from now on, the setup time is not going to take as long because we'll figure out where to store the stuff and make it a little bit easier to set up, right? We know the angles. We know what to do unless we're going to change it. But if we need to change it from tonight, then what we need to do is if, if we want to all meet at 7.30, then we should know that we're not going to podcast until 8.30. I've always assumed that. But Jordan, made that, but Jordan made that really clear, and I think I, I didn't even think about that, that how long it would actually take to set up the shot. Because when I said, oh, yeah, we even talked about this on Saturday night, I had said, I think we all dis- decided at 7 o'clock, and then we made that point of, at 7 o'clock, let's have everything ready to go, let's have the drinks ready, and that's always a big deal. It's always ready to go, but then myself or someone else is running upstairs to grab extras. There's got to there's got to be two times, right? There's arrival time and then a start and, time. and there's an hour for setup, whatever that is. Right. And then there's broadcast time. If we all know that and we don't assume, I assumed, you assumed, assumption is the mother of all fuck-ups. Assumptions make an ass out of you and me, yeah. right? All these funny little Give quips. Give us one more. Um Fuck you. If you assume, <laughs> I don't have a good one. then you'll put your asshole on the on the right. window Assumptions for our house <laughs> to see, which doesn't really serve anything. Assum- Sorry about the fuck you. I just couldn't think of anything else in the moment. Sure, but I don't really mean. That's fuck the you. first time Matt actually looked into my eyes while recording these episodes, and cursed. Live video has been interrupted and paused. It should resume shortly. It says. Wonderful. Okay. Um, I'll hmm. check it in a second, but solution should just simply be the three of us need to be on the same thread and we need to all sign off on start time. And if anybody, me, you, you, and we don't need pronouns because it's all three of us. Pal. Pal. If any one of us needs to change the time, it needs to be communicated clearly, visually to all three of us. Agreed. And that's it. Mm -hmm. I think all of us are usually pretty damn punctual. What's funny is that the lack of punctuality and the looseness of our ability to dig into topics without trying to is what spawned this whole thing, this whole podcast, right? We would, I would come over to work out and we'd end up talking for an hour before we even work out. And you would then just, I'm sorry, Jordan would join me and Justin in our conversations and we said, wow, we didn't even try to, and we had these great conversations. We should get mics and record this and create a podcast. No, we said, I mean, to be fair, we grabbed a mic, and, you know, we should have said that for sure. Well. But whatever. Eventually, we got there. Point is, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a, it was a good thing at the beginning because it established the ability to communicate and have good conversations and lack of better terminology, go down the rabbit hole with each other. Go to Flavor Country. Sure. Right? Talk about Carly, my fiance. <laughs> okay. Let's. We learned. Let's, let's, in summation, this is actually the best thing that can probably happen is that you have an issue, you work your way through it, and you come out on the other side, and you end up learning so much more about each other. And what's great about that, it's, it's actually funny, the, the punctuality part. It's great to hear. Someone say, it died? It's great to hear someone say that we're generally all pretty good at being on time. 
especially for someone like me who most well, I was waiting to like argue that point. Yeah, get in there. So Justin has a different concept of time than I think uh, the average person does. Now, is that more recently or is that most of my life? Most of your life. more recently. Most of your life. I think it, it wasn't until the past couple years that I've been able to maybe communicate it in a better way instead of getting frustrated. But there were plenty of shows that you and I played, you know, 10 years ago where we just left you because you weren't ready to go with us. Um, and it sucked. It was frustrating because then we had to load into the venue and do all that legwork while you, like, took your time doing whatever you did. Um, but even, like, still at times it, where it's, like, I think you'd be, like, oh, I'll be ready in 10 minutes and then be getting into the shower. And I never understood, like, your concept of time from that perspective. Now... To be fair, I, I honestly can't remember more recently many times where that happened. That used to be the, the, the total norm. And I may have learned that from dad for both of us, that he was very in his own world. Um, he was more wrapped up in, in the world maybe revolving around him or that he felt entitled. So if he was never on time, it didn't really matter as long as he got there eventually. Now, more recently, and I'm not like throwing you under the bus, I'm just being honest, we started to have those conversations and communicate much better when it came to that. And I remember actually getting pretty frustrated. And I don't really get that mad. At It takes a lot to get me pretty fired up. But I got pretty mad and, and was able to express to you, Jordan, that I thought that it was very unfair to use everything that maybe I did growing up in the same context and, and in the same breath as what I had been doing and practicing the last couple of years. It was really unfair. You can't, you can't take, you can't cite instances of someone, of something that they did for years and years and years growing up when they've turned over, when they've turned, uh, you know, like a new leaf or turned a new page or a new chapter of their book especially when it's not really happening anymore, but it would still get thrown in my face. And obviously that was unfair and we needed to um, get involved and start communicating that clearly. And interestingly, I started to feel like, and I don't think we've ever even discussed this, that there, there were a lot more times recently in the last maybe three, four, five years where we'll be at home getting ready for something and you're actually in the shower when we're supposed to be leaving in 10 minutes. I'm like knocking on the door telling you like, yo, it's time to go. And mom is still doing, thinking I'm still going to be late. I'm like, I'll be ready in three minutes. Don't worry about it. I'll be ready. You focus on you. Stop worrying about me. And then we're both ready. Maybe you and I and mom and dad is still the one who's kind of the odd man out. But there were a lot of times in, in just thinking about what you brought up, oddly enough that I was like, man, Jordan used to be so punctual. And now I gave up. Yeah, what's he doing? He got in the shower freaking like eight minutes before we got to go, and he's like, oh, I'm fine. Like, I got this. Whatever. I was in the bathtub, taking my bathtub, taking my time. I gave up. But and, and did you, you recognize point, that, your though? Point, your point is fair of, of being, uh, <clears throat> of others assuming things based on prior behavior, but at the same time as human beings, like, that's what we do because, and, and, and after a certain amount of time, like, yeah, patterns develop, and Sometimes it's easier to assume that a person would be a certain way. Maybe from now on, and it happens less now that we don't live together, so we're not always, like, leaving from the same place. Um, I don't know. Maybe now let's just, like, 
I think keep you're score. It's sure. So can I, can I chime see in? Objectively, what what it is? Can I chime in on this on this topic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just a small reminder that everybody needs sometimes. When Jordan expressed to you, Justin, that I, I assume this is how it went down, that he didn't like that you were late to things or had a lack of seemingly a lack of care for other people's time. It seems like you started being more self-aware, more cognizant of that. And as you said, you and your mom are always ready and then waiting on Jordan or waiting on your dad. I, I, I don't, I don't no, know the specifics, sure, for sure. but, but hold on. Here, I'm yeah, getting yeah, to yeah, a point. Me up as well. the point. The point is, it's just reminders to be self-aware. This conversation should remind you, Jordan, that as you said, you gave up. Don't give up. Because it seems like Justin's not going to give up. And it, I'm not going to now give up. We all, I think, very clearly understand the importance of respecting each other's time, making a plan, sticking to it, and communicating very clearly about that. Let's apply that to the rest of our lives. And let's apply that to the people that we spend our time with. Talk to your dad about it. Don't just talk about it here and say, Dad, this, that. Talk to him about it so it's not a thing that you have to give up on. You're talking about it between the two of you. The three of us are talking about it. I'm sure you talked about it to, to your mom. Justin, talk about it with Carly, right? Talk about it with your friends, Jordan. I talk about it with the people in my life. Let's include everyone that matters that we associate ourselves with on a daily basis in this kind of segment of the conversations we're having so that we're not getting frustrated. And that everybody, because point is, everyone can use that reminder sometimes. Whatever it's about. It's not always about being punctual. But, like, there's always a way to give a gentle reminder and a real reminder about the things that we all can improve upon. And when you open up that conversation with those closest to you, you may hear things that you didn't realize about yourself as well that could be improved upon. And that's important. Agreed. Agre I mean, we could go deeper into this. Um, I don't think it's necessary at this point. Like, I feel good where this is at. Um, unless you don't. I don't know. I feel... Go, I, I mean, yeah, look, that's why we're here. Let's sure, talk about sure. it. Yeah, I, it. To be then, honest... Then let me... So, I mean, when, when I said I gave up, I was kind of like saying that in a half-joking way. Um, and, and I felt that, or I recognized that. Right. You're not giving up. But I recognize where you're going with that. Um, but yeah, finish your point. And, and I think... So now when we go to things, it's, it's not like you and I have a show where it's our job to be there, right? So now, granted, we all have a responsibility to, uh, to keep our word, but when it's hard when, like, everyone else is so inconsistent, then in a way, it's like, well, why should I always be the one waiting on everyone? Like, it's a shitty feeling. And, and to argue Matt's point of, like, we'll communicate it and then people will become more self-aware, well, like things like that had been communicated for years and really the same behavior kept happening. So at a certain point, you just assume that the person's not going to change. I feel like with our dad, that's his case. And with you for many years, I felt like that was the case with you too, where it was just assumed, you know, or like our mom may just lie to him and be like, oh, dinner's 15, at... 15, 20 minutes early. Right, dinner's at an earlier, or at an earlier time, knowing that they're going to end up getting there later, which is actually on time. To, to Matt's point, I think it's actually harder to communicate with people that struggle with communicating. And oddly enough, the the still with the with the first topic of last week was is, it all comes back to communication. 
but the other party or parties involved have to know how to communicate. And we know that it's more of a struggle with our dad to communicate to him clearly in a way that he doesn't feel like he's being attacked or chastised, and then he just gets defensive, and it ends up being a pretty unpleasant situation, regardless of whatever the details are in the context. Now, yeah, go on. So, just say it's 10 years ago, and we had a show. Mm-hmm. Is there a different way that I could have addressed you to have you make your behavior change? I, I think there probably was a better way. I think when I was, and, and it's hard, it's really hard to pinpoint it. Cause I'm, I'm, th- I'm thinking back now to when I was probably 18 or 17 or 19 or 20, right? So we're, we're going back now 12, 11, 10 years. And it's really hard to remember what my thoughts were and why it took me so long. Now I can remember the things that I would be doing that would take longer. And a lot of times it would be Maybe we would have a band practice. We would we would run through the set. I'm sure Matt's used to this, but that would only be if you're doing like a one-off show at home. You do the one thing you got to do, and then you guys might disband and you might drive to the show separately, right? I mean, I don't want to get caught in the semantics or the specifics of this sure. exact topic because sure, sure, sure. it's not what this is about. I, I, uh, being objective to this, mm-hmm. what I would ask is. Have you guys tried to communicate that you are in search of trying to figure out the best way to communicate information to these people in your lives? Not that you're trying to communicate the topics you want to communicate, but you want to figure out how to communicate. If you went to your dad and said, Dad, I want to tell you something, but I don't know the best way to do it. So here's some options, and you tell me which way would be the best for you to let it sink in. Is it best for me to sit down with you face-to-face and get your attention that way? Is it best for me to write you by hand a note? Is it best for me to leave you a voicemail? Whatever it is. Is it best to have a moderator or a mediator in the room? Point is, you may think it's futile, but if no one ever asks those questions, maybe you have, but if no one ever really asks those questions, then assuming that it's just never going to change really only gives you three options, in my opinion, as I'm thinking about this. You either just accept it and do what you kind of, what your mom, or what you described your mom might do, which is if you know someone's going to be 15, 20 minutes late, you tell them that things are going to happen 20, 15 minutes earlier. That's kind of annoying to have to bend to the other person, but fine, you love them, you do it. That's one thing. The next thing you do is you give up. You say, fuck it. I'm not going to, I don't care. If they're not going to care, I'm not going to care. So fuck it, but that's that's no way to do anything. You don't you don't especially on someone you love. You don't give up on them like that. Okay, but that leads me to my third point, which is actually comes back to the question that was asked by our audience that we were going to address, which is now you can't do this with family, but there are Well, you can but, break up with family. But you can break up sure. with family. You can cut these negative people out of your life. Now, here's the thing. Say the specific I'm, question. Now, now hold on, hold on. I don't want to. I want to be very clear that I'm not implying that your family, anybody in your family, is a negative influence by any means. So I just want to be very clear about that because I like your family a lot. So it's not about them. I'm just want to be clear. Yeah, no, you're good. Because they good. may listen to this. This isn't about them. But what I think is interesting is that if your dad or mom listened to this conversation, it's another way to communicate what we're talking about. Agreed. Right. Yeah. But what I was saying before is. 
you have to sometimes realize that if it's not going to change and you've done everything you can to try to communicate the need for change and you've done everything you can to try to bend for change and it still doesn't work, then you either have to say fuck it, like I said, or you need to just remove yourself from that situation as hard as that may be. So before we dig into that and, and the specific person who asked it in the group, I do want to say, uh, and, and I don't think I've shared this on this podcast publicly, so maybe a couple months ago, Justin uh, demonstrated uh, what we're talking about in a healthy way. So there was something that he was uh, upset with me about, and so he wanted to communicate it to me, and he realized that maybe at the first opportunity he had, um, I had something important coming up and was stressed out about it. So he had, um, he, he realized if I want to be heard and effectively communicate how I feel, then sharing it with Jordan right now in this moment isn't going to be the most effective way to do it. So maybe you wait it another day. I think I, I just waited till that night so when you were done with what you had to do. I remember this. I, I mean, right. I, I yeah, yeah, remember Matt, this Matt was involved in this one. conversation. Right. Yeah, right. yeah, sure. And, and Justin also prefaced it hey, do you have a few minutes to talk? So it's not like I was in the middle of something or I wasn't really had, you know, a time crunch or just wasn't in the mood. So he prefaced it, hey, you know, are you okay right now with talking about something? And usually when someone kind of opens a conversation like that up, you realize, one, it's probably going to be uh, serious in nature and it may take more than two minutes. So I felt the respect... The, and, and empathy that Justin uh, shared with me in his approach. And because of that, I was way more open and uh, would have been way less defensive with him sharing his feelings. And that was what I was implying or saying could be achieved with most people if you figure out the best time to communicate these kinds of things. There's never a good time, but there's the viable time that you can find, right? And it's definitely different for every combination of, per, of, of people, right? Like, because everybody responds to things differently. Yeah, go ahead. I think it just, it, the, the takeaway from all that is whatever you're unsure of with the person you're trying to communicate with, ask. Well, That's don't it. make assumptions. Don't assume, no, no, don't, and don't go off your perception of the situation because you don't know someone's motives. You don't even know if they're aware of it. They might not be. People might not be aware of the things they're doing. I've been totally guilty of that in my life many times, but have been lucky enough, as we've discussed on the podcast, to have people that are close enough to me to give me the real deal. But as quote-unquote smart as I think I am, apparently I'm not as smart as I think I am because I'm not always 100% self-aware. Well, you're right? human, and like to be perfect is ridiculous. To think that I have to be 100% on point with that but, stuff. But you... You, Justin, and Jordan, and myself are actively daily working on improving ourselves, which a lot of people are not, and not to, to their own faults, but maybe they just accept I am who I am. Well, to your point, then maybe they're just not conscious of the things, and that's where a good friend, like what we're doing currently, bringing it to your attention makes all the difference. There's a great quote in a in Tim Ferriss's new book, Tools of Titans, that I wish I could just flip to right now, but that thing's massive. Um, but to your point, Matt, yes, the three of us engage in, 
in a practice of self-awareness that may be relative to the average like seven plus billion people on earth like it, it may be more of a a thing that we're aware of um, or at least try to be conscious of in practice at the same time we are human and oftentimes we're the last to to learn things about ourselves i mean there's things that everyone else can see within us that we're just blind to because that's human nature and to your point, that's why being in relationships, whether it's business partners or a spouse or family, where you feel uh, enough comfort and, and enough, quite frankly, respect to, to share the truth with that person, um, that comes down to our own responsibility to not react defensively, but to at least respect that person's opinion enough to at least consider what they're sharing, even if we disagree or not. If you consider that person to be important in your life, then absolutely. And this is what I've said to my father and my mother has said to my father so many times. How can you not listen to the people that care about you the most on X and Y, Z topics? No one that doesn't care about you is going to say anything. They're just going to let you keep doing what you're doing because they don't care enough. But the people that are closest to you are willing to share these things, you need to respect that, right? It's super, it, it's super mature to be able to do that. But I know people, I know, my, again, it took me and my mother expressing th certain things to my father for years, years before he got it. He's 72 years old. He finally sort of gets certain things. But like the other day I was with him and I had to remind him of what's appropriate and what's not in a social setting. And, and I won't go into what it was, but my dad was just kind of having diarrhea of the mouth, which is something that I've expressed to him that he's not aware of sometimes. And I've just gotten to a point where instead of trying not to make an awkward social situation, I just say it. I was straight up like, hey, dad, zip it. And he was like, no, it's fine. I said, no, listen to me. I care about you. You need to respect that. I would never tell you this if I didn't, but you need to zip it right now. Don't stop, like, literally stop talking about what you're talking about right now. And it took, like, me saying that five times, but he finally was like, okay, you're right. You're right. Fine. You're right. And thank you. And you knew, I guess, enough of your dad that that was a way to communicate your feelings that would maybe be most effective. Because other people could, like, take that and be like, the fuck are you talking about? I can do whatever I want. And like, how dare you talk to me that way? Totally. And, but you're, but I, I know my dad does respect what I have to say. Right. So it is a different dynamic, but I still don't want to have to do that. Okay. I want him to pleasant. know that. I want him to know that for himself. I hope that when we are their age, which our dad is 69 now, your dad's 72, pretty close in age. Uh, they grew up in a pretty similar way, I'm sure. And I'm hoping that their old ways that will come out where they still think it's okay to talk a certain way or say, you know, Yiddish words, slang, kind of Yiddish words, in a certain way that to us is like, man, this is so embarrassing. I can't believe they'd be saying that. I hope that one day we're not in the same position where we're saying things and our kids are now 30 and they are schooling us. And I'm trying to learn to be more empathetic and sympathetic to the old dog 
not having to learn a new trick. They are who they are. I know they don't have, I, especially when it comes to like my parents and their friends, they don't have really ill intentions when they say certain things. It's super embarrassing, whereas like dad used to go, you know, yell at some girl walking down the street, hey, Jordan's here, Jordan's here, hey, girl, you know, and it's like, dad, you're so embarrassing, like so, and and I'm, I'm but it would work every time. It would work well, every that's, time. That, but, it's, right. but I, 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 I know what I you're saying. I think that's funny. I personally yeah, think that's funny, but, but, but I get it. it's easy from the outside looking Sure, in. it's embarrassing it's very easy when to you're say, Oh, it's no big deal, but it's like it's like, man, stop, stop. It's like stop making the the really vulgar sex joke at the table. You're freaking seventy. Like this is not proper. This is so. But at the same time, it's like, all right, they are fucking seventy years old. Like let's just let them be. If this is how they want to express themselves, then like sometimes you got to just bite your tongue. You can't. It's hard to try to throw down every single time on everything they do that seems improper to us now. Yes. I want to throw back real fast. I, I, I think what would have actually worked better in Jor- with Jordan's question as to helping communicate to me why it was always so hard for me to be on time when I was younger, I think when it came to, especially when it came to show days, we should have scheduled more time. And I think that's the point that we just made earlier about scheduling more time in the pre-motions to whatever we were about to go do, like the podcast. I needed more time. And the problem was, is that instead of it being three of us, it was four or five of us. It was, we didn't have as much responsibility then being younger, but everyone still had some responsibility and we still had to figure out a time to get there. Now, if people started coming late, then I would start to feel rushed. And I knew part of getting ready for those shows. One, I think I always had the biggest, heaviest gear to pack up with a big speaker cabinet and a big amplifier. Man, I had a whole drum set. You did, for sure. And and I'm I'm saying, my stuff was heavy in terms of moving it. We had to get everything packed up. But then I knew I needed more time because I cared about the aesthetic of certain things, which I know you didn't care as much about. But I wanted to go have time to take a shower. Well, I cared about the aesthetic of a merch table. And that's one of the <laughs> reasons why I wanted to get there... <laughs> As soon as we could. Agreed, agreed. But I'm but laughing because we're getting in. There's too much detail here. I don't think we need to get into the merch table and your aesthetic no, 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 with no. your okay. base cab. So, so let's in, keep in, it. Let's keep it general. Like, sure. We, in we general, said I need more time. We already said this. Right. We all need more time for things that we schedule, and we should all be more realistic and yes. be conservative with the time we have. It's also knowing who you're dealing with, and in in. I could have expressed, but this is stuff that going back 10 years, 12 years, I may not have been able to express, and I really don't think Jordan would have been able to communicate this stuff as clear as we can do it today. And, and in that, that's where you start to hit this really messed up, jagged line in between that's like, whoa, this is going to be really hard for us to, to navigate the path to meet somewhere in the middle so we can have this conversation. And it's good that we did learn, because a lot of people go through life and never figure it out. And so now, in, and I think to then speed it up and to make it relevant for today, Carly and I have had this conversation multiple times, that we, we all of us that are, that are all in the same circle, Matt included, everyone is very, very, very busy with the stuff they do. Matt is really good when I say, yo, Matt, Jordan's doing a couple of things this weekend, are you coming? And you're like, nah, I got stuff to do, I'm super busy, whatever. For me, it's been harder over the last couple of years to be able to say, no, hey, I'm super busy with a lot of things going on in my week. Do I, do, do you, you know, hey, can you come to the show? Hey, can you help me with this? I got a Beatwell gig or Matt's got something going on. Can you, and 
I need to be able to communicate more clearly. No. And I shouldn't have to give a reason why. No. It should be like, yo, I'll catch the next one. You know, yeah. I can't come to every single thing. And that's and I think that's where when Jordan did something, it was this past weekend, right? Last weekend. Jordan did, um, and we talked about this in episode 10. Jordan did last Saturday, he had a Beatwell gig right across the street. Hit. And and he had the uh and, a, and he had a gig with his band Reindeer. And in that, I should have said, because I was really wrestling with, uh, I said I would go. I have a session. I'm pretty tired. I'm pretty beat up. I shouldn't have to make excuses as to why. I, I should just be able to communicate that clearly of like, I'm probably just not going to, or I not even say probably, I should just say, yo, I'm not going to come. But I fucked up in that I wrestled with it back and forth until it got really late and I still showed up and went. But I should have just said, you know what, I'm going to skip it. I'm going to sit this one out because I've got, I shouldn't even have to explain why. And if you commute, but it, but it, it, it's not, if you could, especially if, you said you would do something, and then you can communicate, hey, this is what's going on. It's it's not really helpful for me to do it today. My response would have been, okay, fine. Like, take care of what you need to take care of. Like, that's fine. It's not like with what we talked about, I needed you. Right. The support was nice. Um, but so maybe in the future for things like that, I hope at least with me you'd feel more comfortable to just share your truth. Hey, I feel maybe a time crunch or overwhelmed. Um, I don't, it doesn't make sense for me to do it. And that's fine. Right. You don't have to, you don't have to answer to anyone and give reasons why. You can be polite and do so, which fine. Like I usually, when I say no, I, with my friends, at least I'll say, I can't, I have X, Y, and Z to do, or listen, I really would love to come. It's just not going to work out. You know, I'm busy. You guys know my schedule. You know I have responsibilities and things going on, just like you do. So if I can come, I'll come. And when I could come, if we're talking about a show, when I could come to a show, I came to a show. I loved it. It was awesome. I had a great time. I couldn't make the one on Saturday. But I have no problem saying no to people because we all have shit, and people have said no to me plenty. So why, you know, and look. But again, this ties in, and this is good because it's, it's shedding, shining light on, I think, a challenge that you're going to have, Justin, from today on, which is being more decisive in how you communicate to those that you care about. It's very nice that you like to battle for the sake of your brother internally whether or not to go to the show. It's very nice that, for me, your other brother, you want to deliver information nicely. But we're telling you, don't do that. Say what's on your mind with me. Say no to him if you can't do it, and he'll understand. That's a really amazing, in fact, liberating thing to finally realize. It's like, I can just say this, or I can just say fucking no? Fuck yeah. And speaking of, you know, Tim Ferriss's book, there's a whole chapter, I think, in there on, like, the importance of saying no to things. Say no. Fuck it. People will deal with it. When you... It's so much better to be decisively saying no to something and have people be able to face that, that, that finality and move on from it than, like, maybe, I don't know, I'm not sure. Well, you could say yes and then have resentment towards the person because you're saying yes to them. Well, of course. Pressure. And, and honestly, there has been a lot of times more recently where I will just say, no, I can't. 
but in, but it being my brother and I love him, I want to support him as much as I can. I I think the best thing could actually happen moving forward is when there is something that comes up and say the gig that he just did at our house, which was a new experience. If he expresses to me, hey, this one is super super important because totally. then I would be more apt to say, cool. Let me pick and choose my battles and be like, yo, I'm gonna come to this one because he explained to me why. Instead of just all of them. A lot of times I feel like Jordan's gigs, whether it's with Reindeer or with Beatwell, they're all kind of one and the same. Hey, I'm doing this thing. You want to come? And I don't really know whether it's like, hey, we're about to throw the fuck down or I'm going to I'm gonna try this new thing. I want your feedback or whatever it may be. Absolutely. Again, it's just, if, and I think that that would be awesome because I, I honestly know that I'm not going to go to every single show. And there are times that I push myself, even though I have something else going on, that I'm going to like get through what I got to get done run home, get ready, run to the show, and I'm feeling like, man, I probably shouldn't have done this. But if it's expressed like, this one really matters... You make time for it. Oh, for sure. Then like, I'm going to block off, like, yo, I'm going to the show. I don't care what's going totally. on. Totally. And that's a good... Yeah. That's a, that should be something that you take and file away for next time. You know, hey, look, we're playing this one show. It would really help to have extra bodies in the room. Or you can you come can, film something? Can you come help me? And it's like, if right. you really need me, yeah. Right. If you can come, it would be appreciated. Versus, hey, hey I got another this gig. isn't a big come thing. I'm just letting you know, all good. If you can make it, great. If you can't, you can't. And with all fairness, I think I do that well in the sense of you've helped me with uh, like a, a festival in the Inner Harbor. And I'd maybe say, or hey, I really like need some help because you're good at facilitating people. Versus, hey, like, I have a show coming up. And, like, if I'm just saying it that way, it's nice to have you guys there, but, like, if you don't come, like, I don't really give a fuck. I no, know, no. and I know that. And, see, that's the, I know that. And, like, what you can do is you can, like, give a temperature to the, to the situation. That's and we fine. all can. It's like, hey, I'm playing at the Fillmore, right? This is a big show. I really would love to see you guys there. I've been on tour for a while. You should come. You came out. At the same time, like... If you if didn't, we didn't come, come yeah. I still got to play the show, and I still am going to do my thing, and it's fine. I appreciate that you guys could take that. Look, we're, I don't want to spend too much time on this because we're over an hour in now, and I think to resolve all of this, this episode has been much more of what I aim for personally and what I hope for with these podcasts. We didn't necessarily talk about these bigger picture idealistic things we're talking about ourselves but the 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 conversation itself hopefully is a good example for other people as a way to maybe communicate better about certain things which is what this whole episode is about it was about us working out issues imagine if we had held on to this resentment imagine if we didn't dig into this what if we just went in and we talked about all these topics here Right, and we didn't address the stuff that was really under the surface. That would have still existed within us. Yeah, exactly. We're and serving ourselves within the podcast, and I think we're still serving the bigger picture of the podcast, which is great. And even though we didn't get to all the stuff that we wrote down, we we went into something, we dug really deep, and I feel like there are so many nuggets of takeaways within this, which is I think all we're really trying to do is just if we have to cite examples of our own experience for there to be added value and for someone to potentially get something great out of this, then we're doing what we set out to do initially. I, in all honesty, would rather discuss problems 
and I, I don't like to use that word, so I will bring that down a notch to Issues challenges. Challenges sure, between sure. us. To be honest, I would much rather do it on the air. I like the fact that we are committed to this communication, and unless it's something that is extremely private, there's no reason why we can't talk about these things in front of our listeners. Because I have nothing, we, I don't think any of us have anything to hide, and we're not just gonna be perfect. We're just not. And you know what's funny? It reminds me of the Mark Marin uh, episode with Louis C.K. where like, they don't like each other. They've had problems. They get on the air and they start going at it. On the Louis, on Louis C.K. show? No, it's on the Mark Marin podcast. WTF podcast. Yeah. Oh, I'm not aware. So, of it. I've always dreamed to be able to have those kinds of episodes mm. where it's a hundred percent raw and real. And when we were talking about this beforehand, all I kept thinking was, "I fucking wish the microphones were on. I wish this was recording because there's no reason why anything we're saying can't be heard by everyone else because there is going to be a resolution that is hopefully beneficial for everyone else." And I agree with that, and I find an episode like this to be very valuable and rich. At the same time, I can reflect on how I felt last week, and although I admit it that I think at times Justin and I were a bit um, egregious in in how we approached uh, the episode, I had a lot of fun last week. And through this, I mean, life isn't just one flavor, and it's not one mood, Um, and I'd also like this to be a document of our experience week to week. Um, And for me, like, I had a lot of fun last week. It felt good. I liked the spontaneity of having Kevin the drummer actually show up, um, even if that wasn't the plan. Um, But to me, it was was different, but equally as rich as tonight was for me. I just want to say one thing that directly relates to this, which is, that's fine. You can have the fun, but I guess... What I'm going to commit to right now is that if I am not feeling it, I'm not just going to keep my mouth shut and wait till we're off the air. I'm going to say it. And, and I know it's like that right time thing, like there's never a right time. But whereas it's important to you to just feel the vibe, it's important for me to be brutally honest about what I'm feeling if we're going to be doing these podcasts. Which is why I just shared that instead of saying, I agree, Matt. And that's fine. I just hope that you respect my view. It's I, I'm not gonna like all the time be like, ah, oh, no fun. Of course not. But if there, but if it is like last week, which is literally one out of now eleven episodes that I was only one unhappy, I'm gonna say it. Mm-hmm. And I and I hope you guys are okay with that. Of course. I think what what we missed, and because if if we had had the microphones turned on when we first started talking about this stuff, you would have caught this. We talked about the and we, we I think we opened with this, but but the computer being open and Matt re- actually responding to things, and that for me coming here, the three of us in being as present as we can be, I don't think should be engaging with whatever the interaction is that's happening from the stream. And if that was the case, that we wouldn't do the stream. In that, I think that's where it went off the rails a bit because Kevin does live close by. He responded. Then we start getting into, yo, you should come over, come to the back door. I'm cool blah, with blah. that. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is in, if we're, if we're gonna, if we're gonna try to keep on point and find the balance between having fun and being loose and being serious and making sure that we're hitting our marks, then something like that needs to be planned ahead of time. 
unless it happens like you're saying we're batting like a you know like a like an 88 percent or something but, but if, if one out of 11 times something happens like that it's like that's fucking great it brings a change it brings a different feel to the to the podcast and i but, think but, we, but hold on but to that you, to that point to that yeah, point yeah, yeah. to that point just uh, speaking of kevin if i had had a problem with that in the moment I would have said, you know what? No, we're just joking. Now is not the time. Let's table that. And I will do that in the future. But to be honest, I was actually welcoming of Kevin coming. Just so you know, I know you. I know you have more to say. I just, I, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I was welcoming of that because I needed to break the monotony that I was feeling and the negative vibes that I was feeling of the podcast. That was actually the best part was when Kevin showed up. And I want to make sure that that's clear to him, too, that when, because he was there when I was ranting afterwards, and I want to be clear that, like, I appreciated what he added to it, and I'm glad that the spontaneous arrival on his part happened. And I'm okay with that in the future, and if I'm not, I'll, I'll express it. And hopefully, at that point, whoever expresses it will respect, okay, you're right, let's, you know, now's not the time. Sorry. And we, I, can all, we can all acknowledge Kevin was great and he was a breath of fresh air and it was really, really cool, I think, for us and for a lot of community members for us to be able to ask him really good questions for a dude who's so young doing what he's doing. That was awesome. I'd have to, to be fair, go back and listen to the episode prior to the moment that we decided, oh, Kevin, come over, then I'm getting up to open the door and there's a dog issue and whatever else went down because a lot of that will start to pile up and start to throw everybody off their game. And that's where having some pre-production and then being loose enough to let things happen on the fly, if they do happen, is great. And that should happen for sure. With us being close to an hour and a half into this, do we want to quickly dig into the question that's kind of tied to what we've been talking about? What I was going to suggest was that we sort of abandon the bulk of topics that we had because I think we need to wrap up pretty soon. Agreed. Um, and we can table those. Those are topics that will be fun to talk about and important to talk about later. But yes, that was going to be my suggestion. Go for it. Um, so, and funny enough, Trevor J. Parkinson um, commented here uh, in on this live stream and said, like all them anti-drug commercial state, just say no. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true, but... Relevant. So... I didn't read the exact question, but it pertains to toxic people. And uh, I mean, do you have the question in front of you, Jordan? Is it, it was it about cutting out toxic people in your life? Yeah, and and I mean, really, that's kind of how it was stated. The the one sentence from the paragraph that was the meat of the comment. Um, so I mean, for me, it it really comes down to this is we've talked a lot about this and Matt you started to reference this question when you're saying oftentimes we have three options um and and i think sometimes it doesn't always have to be so black and white or all or nothing sometimes it can um but i can think of maybe friendships that i have that i've been friends with people for decades at this point and maybe when i'm around them i realize it doesn't feel as rich or as fruitful as maybe it used to be, maybe because our interests change, maybe because there's different levels of maturity or growth from, from each person, um, or whatever it may be. So I, I can definitely think of friends that I've maintained friendships with, but instead of hanging out with them every week, I may see them a couple times a year. At the same point, there are definitely people that we're in relationship with, whether it's a spouse 
or a boss or a friend or otherwise, where at a certain point, if you've done all you can to communicate your feelings, and it's clear that that person either isn't willing to work with you, um, can't work with you, uh, doesn't have an interest, or maybe just fundamentally disagrees with what you're talking about or presenting, then at a certain point, yeah, you have to cut bait. There's no right or wrong answer to it, um, and it's it's situational, but it's it's hard. It's hard. I agree that it has to do with the level, the the level of the the impact that it has on you. I have tons of friends that I see very minimally, just because we don't have the same things in common anymore, and it's nice to see each other. But uh, I don't. I, I. It's not like I'm prioritizing to see them or to have a, a fruitful conversation with them because maybe it's just not going to happen. There's other people that I've cut out completely, as you said, because they're truly toxic, right? And I think you have to be the gauge of that. The problem is when it's family or people that you're very, very close to, if they're the ones that are toxic, then I think you actually have to go through steps like, like we talked about earlier. I think there has to be a, almost like a checklist of the first thing you try to do is try to, one, collect your own thoughts clearly on what it is about them that actually is affecting you. Is it truly that bad? If it is that bad and it's affecting you, then it's probably bad enough that it's affecting them and they may not even realize it. So as a friend, it's your responsibility, I think, to communicate that to them. So you figure out how to communicate that feeling that information to that person because maybe again they're not aware of it maybe they don't realize it or maybe they do but they just need someone to say hey I'm here to help you with this again that only goes so far because at the end of the day after you've exhausted all options and after you've expressed in the best way possible that you're affected by something that you want to help that you're willing to to be there if they don't change if they don't respect you, if they don't want to help themselves, then that's where you have to kind of make that very clear decision, and it's a very hard decision to make. However, I know a lot of people as well on this side of the fence that have had to cut people out as hard as that is. I know, I, I know someone very close to me who's had to cut out their own mother. Okay, think about that. Like, they have chosen, after exhausting everything, to cut out their own mother. That's got to be one of the hardest things in the world. I can't even imagine that. To me, there's nothing that I couldn't work out, but that's just my situation, right? At some point, you just have to be honest with yourself, and you have to, you, you just know. You, you, you know deep down, and if there's nothing you can do and you've exhausted all options, then you have to look at your trajectory and look at where you want to go and be selfish and say, fuck it, I got to move. If they ever figure it out, the door is open, but I can't waste my time and my energy on these people. It sucks the life out of you, and it, 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 it's a detriment. Hmm. When you have people that, that suck and siphon your energy, that makes you less productive. It adds stress. It makes you feel responsible for other people when you need to be worried about yourself in some situations. We talk about entrepreneurship talk about being your own boss. I mean, that's where it's really relevant. I would, I'm very quick to cut people out of my life 
who do hold me back because I am moving in a certain direction. And if you're not on board with that, fine. No offense, but like, fuck you. I don't care. I'm not going to care about you if you don't care about me. And that's it. And, and as harsh as that is, it's just the reality because my goals are important to me and I spend hours on them and I'm not going to let somebody just drag me down because I feel sorry for that person for not figuring it out. I'm just not. So it begins with our own self-awareness in order to assess where we're at in a certain relationship with someone. The best question that I have ever learned to ask myself in any given moment is, does this feel good? Instead of just accepting things as they are, because this is how you've always related to people and it just makes sense, and or you just always find yourself feeling a certain way, whether it's with all your friends or in certain relationships, and without even like questioning it, you just like assume that's just how it is. Learning to ask myself, does this feel good? That started to create space for me to be a bit more objective about how I relate to other people. And it really, it really developed the relationship with myself um, to start answering, you know what, there's something about this that doesn't feel good. And even if the other person expects that to be normal, maybe I shouldn't. And then I start getting curious about well, something doesn't quite feel right. Even at a gut level, you may always know it, but what actually plays out in your own life is just what you've always known. And, and I think just asking yourself, does this feel good? That at least starts a process of assessing where you are in a relationship with a person, whether it's maybe I'm not gonna spend every weekend with those friends and try something else. Or if it's that bad, maybe see what it's like to not spend a couple months with them and life can significantly improve. Um, and then when you come back around to them, that could significantly change the relationship as well and you won't have the same dynamic. But again, it just comes down to being self-aware. Does this feel good or not? Real quick, sometimes too, cutting someone off is actually the best thing for them because at some point they're going to feel that absence of you in their lives. And that's a big opportunity for that person to become more self-aware and realize, oh, fuck, like, they weren't kidding. My actions did lead to me being cut out. And fuck, all right, I'm going to change. You know, I'm going to work on change. So in some ways, cutting someone off, although it feels harsh and wrong and mean sometimes is actually the best thing you can do for somebody because it's that maybe it is that rock bottom realization i only had two thoughts on this my my first it's almost like the first instinct i have is to ask myself of what jordan taught me of does it feel good it's a great question to ask yourself because it's so valid as long as you make it valid and you have to and the more that you practice in any of the situations, the better you get at it. And the issue is that you probably don't have enough in a short duration of time to actually get really good. It happens sporadically. And in that, it's a lot harder, and it ends up being situationally based. So to really discern one from the other, you got to, as Matt was saying, really go through all of the variables before you start to make a decision. But does it feel good is a great question to ask. And you can ask that in so many different contexts. Um, not just in this situation. But the other point that, that I was thinking about was it's really, it's not even just people. It's anything in your life where you feel like 
it's really negative. It's feeling super toxic. You feel, you really don't feel good prefacing that with there are certain things in life you have to do. But when you have the ability to make the choice, the more times you start to say, you know what, this doesn't feel good. I feel really shitty afterwards. Even though it's almost like a, like a, an abusive relationship, it may feel good in the moment, but then right afterwards or down the road after that, later that night, you feel like, man, uh, this sucks. Like, I can't believe I'm still doing that. The more you practice breaking up with those things, whether it's people or experiences or, or for me, food, certain foods or whatever it may be, the more you practice it, the better you get at it, the more I think rich your life will be to remove the toxicity. Well, you're creating new habits and expectations for yourself. Right. And you're breaking old ones. It's but that, really hard to do. That, well, that takes more energy. It takes less energy to just stay at a homeostatic place where you continue doing, having the same thoughts, having the same behaviors and the same expectations that you currently have. It takes more energy to change, and that's hard. Agreed. It takes a willingness to ask yourself the tough questions and... I know personally that's a very hard thing to do. But you're right. The more you practice it, the easier it becomes, the the, the better you can communicate to yourself. So, so with that in mind, sure. uh, if you haven't already, we're going to request that you do a new behavior and try a new habit. Um, we know we, this is now the third week we've been asking, but we see it making a big difference. Um, so if you find value in what we do, if you would go into iTunes and rate and leave a review... Also, if you haven't thought about it, you can also subscribe to us on iTunes or really any uh, podcast platform that you use to listen to our content. Um, so first thing, Monday morning, it'll be there. Um, you won't have to think about, hey, I should download this right now. As I say that word, also, if you are just streaming it, uh, that's great. But if you can download the episodes, that actually makes a big difference for us, too. Um, it helps to have statistics of how many people are paying attention to what we're doing. And really, at this point with podcasting, the only way to do that is if someone does download the actual episode. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure if you do subscribe to us, it will automatically download what we're doing. You listen to it, you can delete it. A nice thing about downloading is that if it's saved to your device, then you don't have to use data to listen to the content. So it may take up some space on your phone, not much, but you listen to it, then you delete it. We get the download, and things like that really will help us grow this in ways that we think could add even more value to you guys as listeners. <clears throat> Definitely, please, I want to really reiterate this point and, and drive it home. If you can, if you have even just a minute, you don't have to write a lot, but going onto iTunes and rating it so that we can go check the feedback, it's anonymous, uh, that will make a huge difference in us trying to really grow the community as much as we can to try to get the reach out as far as we can to help as many people as possible. Going on iTunes, rating it, that can help us pop up in these random charts uh, that more people will randomly start to see it. If you listen to this, it might suggest, hey, check out Chocolate Croissants. And again, if we, if we can add value to more people and grow the community and make it a, a bigger, inclusive, uh, great, intentional community, that's what we're trying to do, and that would be amazing. Well said, gentlemen. Um, what's great in this whole time paying attention to the Facebook group is that the people that are in this group have been uh, very interactive. There's a lot of good comments here. Um, 
from, from members of our Facebook group that really pertain to this conversation. I guess they're watching us live on the stream right now. Um, but it's really nice to see their input, to understand their experiences. That actually helps us position the topics that we dig into much, much better because we know that you as a listener, whoever you are, really can benefit from this. Um, if you aren't familiar with our group, it's facebook.com slash groups slash chocolate croissants. We have over 600 members now, and that's pretty amazing to have over 600 people that are closely paying attention to this, at least enough. And pretty active. Enough to be active here. Um, so if you're not involved on this level, please, you're more than welcome to. Come communicate with us. Come communicate with the other members. It's like therapy all day, and that's a good thing. For the Facebook group, anyone who's in there and is super active, and I know it's a lot of people, um, Matt, Jordan, and I may not always comment or respond back or like or love or laugh at the stuff that you're, you're putting out there, but know that we see everything that's coming through. We just might not always have time to respond, but it's amazing to see how responsive everybody is, and I just encourage everyone to just keep it going and keep supporting one another. Absolutely. Well, I feel good about this episode. Um, I don't think we'll have any. <laughs> We're gonna have post. a really long debrief about. We're not gonna later. have any. Yeah, no, no big debriefing after this one. Episode um, twelve will be about episode eleven. I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn this over to Jordan with his staple outro and let him say. Oh well, guys, let's uh, bring it back to let's settle in for Jordan's outro. We're gonna end the way we started with uh, Sir Jack White. Um, what I really, one of the things I really appreciate about him, when I saw the dead weather at, at a club that held maybe a thousand people, both uh, everyone in his production crew, uh, his sound monitor people, the merch people, they all were in the full suit with the top hat. And so I really appreciated this level of commitment to a 360 production. Um, so with that in mind, I have no logical way to connect that to provide value to you as the listener to end this uh, episode 11 of the podcast. So what I do want to say is that 11 is created by two ones. We believe that all of you are number ones, and that's why there are multiple ones in the number 11. We hope you have a great week. We hope you really sleep well tonight. Like, honestly, before you go to sleep tonight, think about Jordan Goodman on the Chocolate Croissants podcast, really wishing that this specific sleep that you will enter into this evening will be one of the best sleeps of your life. I really just wanted you to say bye-bye. Me too. But wait, now wait a second. <laughs> now, now for me, something that this is going on almost uh, and to almost two hours, I expect people are going to break this up. So when you get to the end, it's Saturday, and you're like, oh, it's crunch time. I got to get the episode done. I know that, you know, Sunday night, maybe into Monday morning, here comes the new episode. I got to get it done. I hope, I hope, Justin here hopes that Saturday, Sunday night, you get in bed and you turn on that podcast as you're finishing up, you're wrapping it up, and it really hits home. You sleep beautifully and you get ready for episode 12. I was wrong. And We're going to have to have a conversation <laughs> about this. All right, I'm going to end this right and in now. That. Goodbye. Bye bye. Everyone have a fantastic Jordan. week. Rate us on iTunes. <laughs> Give us a, a little ad here in the Facebook group. We'll talk to you later. Until Jordan, next time take us I out. Say, Bruce Pritchard. Bye bye. <laughs>